There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scoops. Game 81 <laughs> of the Ducks season is in the books. <laughs> Uh, they get they get some revenge, right? They get some revenge yeah, on the Flames. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a completely different looking Flames roster than the last. You know, they only played them what like three or four days ago now, and yeah. uh, no Monahan, no Elias Lindholm, no Giordano, no Brody, no Hannafin, no Hamannick, and no Sam Bennett in the lineup for the Flames. Completely, you know, like like I said, it looks completely different than the last time they played the Flames, and, and that's probably why, in some sense, you know, last time they lost six to one, this time they won three to one. You know, it, I got to give them some credit. There were some players who, who played really well tonight, but uh, it, it still feels nice. I mean, at this point in the season, you've got other teams around the Ducks in the standings losing, so it really seems almost set in stone that the Ducks are going to finish in the spot that they are. So why not win games and have some players play well? Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, like to your point with uh, Calgary, I mean, they've already clinched. They've done everything they're going to do as far as uh, their their seeding. They're their top team in the West. So who cares? You know, from their perspective, is just let's set everybody else. Oddly enough, they let uh, Johnny Hockey play. That's about the only weird thing in there. But other than that, they kind of let everyone else play. He was three points away from 100, so I think they're thinking there. So much closer now. Yeah. 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 Well, well, he got one point tonight. He got a point on their their only goal, so he's at 98. 
Uh, I'd be interested to see if they play him. I think they play Edmonton their last game of the season. So it'd be interesting to see if he actually plays for that or not because that's going to be a tough game. And, you that you know, it's a, it's a battle of Alberta. It's like if the Ducks were in a playoff spot and they were trying to get Getzlaff 100 points, would you play Getzlaff against the Kings in the last game of the, se- of the season? Oh. I don't know. You, there'd be an argument for that, right? Because you don't want yeah, to get hurt. There'd be an argument if it was the Kings, but if it's Edmonton versus like uh, Calgary, I think you probably play that out and just see if I uh, can't get to a hundred. I mean, you already played him against the Ducks. Almost as heated as uh, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, LA, Anaheim. It, it's up there. Yeah, but but the Kings are like more like I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> Edmonton yeah, okay. doesn't strike me as I'm going to hurt you, Calgary. It's like, eh, maybe Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian are like the two. Oh oh my God, are they still around? They're still, they're still people. (laughs) Well, they're they're still there, and they have nothing, nothing to play for, which makes them that much more dangerous because now they're. Yeah, I I guess. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make much sense uh, if you're already going to be the top team in the West. So. Yeah, I I don't see him starting for the for the, the last game. But we're not here to talk about the Flames and their remaining games. We're Why here not? to talk about the Ducks and Miller gets the uh, the start tonight. A little bit surprising, but uh, when we get to some of our post game comments, it, it becomes a little bit more clear on why yeah. Ryan Miller got the start tonight. Uh, DeLeo, Carrick, and Dodson all sent down to San Diego at various times after the game against Edmonton. We got an update on Troy Terry, and it's bad news. He's out for three months with uh, a fracture in his leg, which is bad news for the Ducks and extremely bad news for San Diego if they make the playoffs. You know, they won four to three tonight against the Barracuda, and are getting closer to the playoffs. But that's that's a massive loss, not just to Anaheim. You know, it was only a couple games left, is but it still sucks that he isn't able to finish the season on his own terms, and then for San Diego to miss out on him for probably their entire playoff run is is a big disappointment yeah for sure it's like kind of kind of one of those things like where you're well the season's a loss but i don't want to see where everyone can be and it's like you already know where troy terry is going to be come next season and so to have him go down with an injury where he can't get better or improve himself in the offseason he's just literally got to either sit there or rehab you know, just something that, you know, gets him back to wherever he was, that that blows <laughs> really hard for not only the Ducks, but also uh, San Diego, who really probably was, like, hoping, crossing fingers, he'd come back in and help him out come playoff time. Yeah, it would have been nice to just see. I mean, everybody wants to see San Diego make the playoffs right now because if you want to watch some hockey going into the playoffs and you want some team to cheer for, uh, San Diego is really it, you know. I, unless you're you're gonna pick up and cheer for another team who makes uh, the playoffs uh, in the NHL, then that's fine. But if you want, you know, to actually cheer on players who are affiliated with the Ducks, that's your last hope. So hopefully they can make it in. And, and it sucks to not have Terry there, but you you will have guys like Steel. You know, a lot of guys are gonna be able to come back for San Diego because you'll have Jones, you'll have Steele. Uh, Gooley is slated to possibly return Friday for the Ducks in their final game of the season. And he'll be able to go back down. Jakob Larson. Uh, among others, are, are, are guys who are going to be able to make an appearance for San Diego in the playoffs. So, yes, they miss out on arguably the, the number one target that they probably would have wanted, but they still get, you know, I think it's about six guys <laughs> that can go down and play. Uh, yeah, uh, and the other thing, too, is like, uh, you know, if you're you know, California, you know, if you want NHL, California hockey, I mean, Kings are out, 
Docs are out. All that's left is San Jose. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but man, if if they actually get to Game Five, I'll be surprised against uh, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a freaking clean sweep. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it doesn't look good for them, and uh, they, nope. they haven't been playing that great hockey. But I, I'm not going to feel sorry for them. I'm not a big fan of Vegas either. Oh. But at this point, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be disappointed to see San Friend, Jose go yeah. up. Yeah, you know, a uh, what is it? It's uh, who's ever uh, not a friend of our enemies, but uh, enemy. Yeah, I know. What you're enemy is about. our friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know the saying either. So Nailed it. <laughs> uh, Getzlaff and Richie are back in this game, so the lineup changes a little bit. Steel still with Raquel and Silverberg. Uh, all basically everybody who missed last game forward wise gets put on a line together. You got Richie with Getzlaff and Sprong because Sprong was scratched against Edmonton. Shore, Henrik, and Perry, and then Jones, Grant, and Rowney. And then on the blue line is Lindholm and Larson, which they've actually started to look pretty good together. Fowler yep. and Walensky, and then Magna draws back in and plays with uh, Kravidian Holzer after Dotson came in, was supposed to play against Edmonton, and then obviously the, the whole lineup situation <laughs> happened, and then he just gets oh, sent right back down, doesn't even get Good play, God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I wasn't there when you guys did the, the post-game thing, but that reaction from him is like, you got to be kidding me. All right. I'll get up. Oh, that is just so depressing to watch. We got to go on upon Bay and Ricky are chirping us for not knowing that saying. It's an enemy to my enemy is my friend. Yes. Or enemy See, of my enemy. That's is exactly my friend. what I was saying. Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we, we got it enough. We got it off enough that they knew what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah close, close enough. Hey, relax, as long as you Bobby. know and what we're saying, it doesn't matter if we get it right. You, you know, you you know what's going on. Uh, let's let's get into this breakdown. You were at the game. You and Pat actually both were at the game, so you guys uh, got uh, front row seat to what was uh, the first two goals for the Ducks in this period, where it was by Sam Steele and then Max Jones. So the first one yeah. by Steele, uh, probably for about the first ten minutes of this game. The only line really generating offense for any team was Steele, Raquel, and Silverberg. And they end up getting rewarded. They had a, about two minutes of zone time here where they had a couple chances they just couldn't bury. And then Raquel peels behind the net, and he sets up Sam Steele for a one-timer in the high slot, and he just beats Radich under the arm. Uh, nice for Sam Steele. He started to heat up lately. I think he's got four goals in his last uh, four games. Obviously, one of them was a hat trick. But uh, he started to play a lot better. We talked about him on the on the last podcast, how you know he's starting to get back to that point when we considered him one of the Ducks' best prospects. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's been a, a, a lot of fun just watching. And, you know, hate hate to, you know, to crap too hard on uh, Max Jones here, but it's just it's nice to see what we saw in, uh, you know, uh, the preseason or the training camp and see seeing who was going to show up because it was always – Troy Terry looked amazing. Sam Steele looked amazing. Max Jones looked great too. But eventually it was just like it was just Troy Terry scoring and wasn't Max Jones scoring. And then Sam Steele was always kind of that guy you were like waiting for. He's the next guy who's going to kind of jump in. So the fact that he got those goals, he's he's been uh, on point the last uh, few games has been uh, a real great addition for the ducks especially we're talking about the newer younger guys 
Yeah, he was the the guy we were waiting for, the last r- rookie that we were waiting for to break out and have a couple games where he looked really good. And you know, on the other hand, with Max Jones scores in the, in this game as well, he's pretty much. I don't think he's really had a game where he's played bad. The problem for him is he's just not been able to put up the points. Can't go in the damn net. <laughs> but like, uh, he makes plays like this one he does on the, uh, on this goal as well, where he outmuscles Keelington yeah. and then turns and throws it on net. He makes a couple of these plays a game, and usually they just don't go in the back of the net. But luckily for him, he catches Riddich cheating, where he's kind of crouching down a bit, a little low, and, yeah, and uh, fires it over over his shoulder and into the net. You know, even his celebration again. We remember when he scored his first goal and he took the monkey <laughs> off his back. Even this uh. one, he kind of looked up. But he's like, finally, like, <laughs> thank it, you. You know, I, I, this guy probably should have six, seven, or eight goals right now based, based on the way he's been playing. And he is pretty much every night looks like he could either put the puck in the back of the net or set up a play. So it's nice to see him finally get rewarded. But I, I can understand the frustration because, you know, this is a guy who every night works pretty much works his ass off to try and get the puck in the back of the net. And he's just not getting lucky. Yeah, I mean, just it, it sucks because, like, every goal he ends up scoring, I feel like is always going to be that, where it's just like, oh, thank you. Oh, it happened. Oh, that's so good. It's just like he shouldn't have to feel that way every time he scores a goal, but it's just it's so infrequent that he's in between goals that he's just, he just he feels just like, a weight is lifted whenever he actually scores a goal, but he should be just putting in, you know, just loads of goals. So, um, happy that he got this one. And like I said, I'm just, I'm so waiting for next season. I'm just going to get past this season. Everything's behind us and see what he does next season. Cause I feel like there's just multiple, multiple goals that are just going to happen for this guy. He just does too much to not score as much. Normally you'd be worried about a guy who just plays well every game, but then the points don't come up. But for Max Jones, you like if you watch it's every weird, game, right? It's just, you know, he's just unlucky. That's what you see. I mean, the guy <laughs> yeah, is playing time. really well, and he, to me, he's like the reverse of what we saw from Maxim Comtois in the beginning of the season, where Comtois was playing good, but literally everything was going in for him. Or yeah. if he made a pass, that guy was putting the puck in the back of the net. I think Comtois yeah. had, you know, only about seven shots on goal, but most of them either went in the back of the net or they had he had a good scoring chance come from it. So. Jones, on the other hand, is playing just as well as Comtois was, but he's just not getting things to fall. And we, you know, we when we talked to him on our interview last summer, uh, he that he talked about a stretch he had with London, where you know he's put the puck in the back of the net, but he couldn't just buy an assist. Now every time he made a pass to somebody, they either you know, the goalie either made a good save or they missed or they hit the post. And he's on a similar stretch on both goals and assists in uh, in this run with the Ducks right now, where he just can't buy anything. If if I look at what he does, and then you're like, all right, well, pick apart his game and tell him what to do better. Like, he can't do anything better. He's doing everything great, except the puck is just not falling into the net. And if that's your only, you know, critique of somebody, like, he literally out hustles everybody. He, you know, he's in the four check, he's setting up assists, he's making plays, he's generating offense. It just hasn't gone in. If that's your only gripe, that's a great problem to have where it's just like I'm the only thing is it's just not falling into the damn net. And so, you know, a hundred percent, I'm just like, I'm just waiting for that to happen. It's not going to happen this season because no. there's only one game left, but I can't wait till next season. Cause this, that those pucks have to fall in at some point. 
Yeah, and you would think next season he will get a better opportunity than playing on the fourth line with Derek Grant and Carter Rowney. You would hope that he could move up and and get a better chance to play with somebody who can get him the puck in in a little bit easier situations for him to score where he doesn't have to fight off a guy basically climbing all over his back and fired over over Riddick's shoulder. He will actually be in a position where he can utilize his skills and his speed to end up you know having an easier chance of scoring goals instead of having to fight for everyone but the flames would cut back into this lead not too much longer later where johnny goodrow the only reason he's in this game is to put up points because they want to get him to 100 and he picks up point number 98 assisting on a goal for Derek ryan where the ducks just kind of fell asleep on this play and he you know ryan found him his himself in the middle of the ice just kind of unmarked and then Corey perry Really soft back check for him. <laughs> yeah. it makes it makes a couple attempts to just swat his stick at Ryan, but doesn't really wave it around. Hard, doesn't really try to separate <laughs> him from the puck. And Ryan just gets in. He's you know already separated himself enough from Perry where he makes a move to the back end, and you know Miller's left hung out to dry there, and he ends up putting it into the back of the net. Not much you can do if you're Ryan Miller. Tough play. You know that was the the worst the Ducks defense looked on the whole night. They actually played a pretty solid game. And that's really the only breakdown they had. Unfortunately, it led to a goal for the Flames. Yeah, um, you, you hit you hit all the points right there. It's just uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, let up from uh, Perry, and then when your guys left wide open, you know, you hope your goalie maybe might just start waving around and knock one thing down. But if he can't do it, then it is what it is, and it goes in. But at the same time, yeah, the Ducks didn't look bad throughout most of the game. That was easily their worst like moment. It was just, all right, we kind of suck right there. Yeah, and that's they, about it. <laughs> they, they had a solid game, and you know that, that was pretty much it for the first. There's a couple penalties. Stone went off for interference. Richie went off for tripping. Shots were 11-11. Oh, I enjoyed yelling at Richie because he yeah. was almost going to get a penalty just for, like, uh, retaliation. You know, yeah, he was just bitching for a while, and then um, it was like, I think I was sitting there, it's like, dude, just back off. Like, the dude got a penalty, and then leave it to Richard to do a tripping thing a little bit later and just even it up. And I was like, ah. Like, yeah. everyone around me was just like, ugh. God, Richie, there he is. Well, it's uh, Richie. Richie got a bit unfortunate because Walensky did high stick Rasmus Anderson, and that just went uncalled. And then, yeah. of course, Richie's like, oh, well, if that's going to go on call, I'm going to take a penalty. And I can do it. whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I get I get him sticking up for a player if, if it warranted it. But, you know, Stone it wasn't anything malicious by Stone. It, it was kind of a borderline penalty. He just closed off. I think it was Sprong. And Sprong just hadn't got to the puck yet. So it ended up being interference. It was, a, you know, it was a good call. But it's not malicious by any means. He didn't hurt Sprong. Uh, I, you know, for Richie, that's a play like you just got to back off and you know you got a power play. Take the power. Yeah, play. just freaking think about it. Just for half a second, just calm it down, Crow Magnum. Let's bring it down for half a second. Think about it, and uh, all right, cool. We're back on a power play. When he just, he just, fortunately, he just sometimes he just does dumb things. Yeah. Well, I mean, they escaped that. Then they get a penalty in the early part of the second. Larson goes off for <laughs> tripping. And, again, the Dutch penalty kill looked pretty good this game. You know, There wasn't a lot of firepower for the Flames up front, where no. it was really Backlund, Goodrow, and Kachuk were the only guys who had any chance of scoring on the power play. And the Flames' power play lately has not been good. The, the only power play goal they've had over their last 11 games was in the last game against the Ducks. I think they, the broadcast said uh, in going into this game they're one for 30 in their last 11 uh, games and, and still somehow they're 16th, uh, 16th in the league. So, 
at one point, this was a dangerous Flames power play lately. It's just kind of gone by the wayside. But right after it ends, Rowney feeds the puck out to Getzlaff, goes for a chance. Getzlaff looks back, realizes he's on his own. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do it myself. (laughs) His patented move now, which he's really started doing more often over the last couple seasons, goes for a fake on the toe drag, puts it back out to the outside, completely fools Anderson. He had no idea what he was going to do. And then while on one leg, Getzlaff just whips a wrist shot to the far left side of the net and uh, beats Riddich. You know, great kind of patented move by Getzlaff and this is why he wanted to shoot the puck is he can he, he can put enough power behind a wrist shot like that where he just beats him clean yeah not even wrist shots just Getzlaff's shots in general are just bombs whether or not they're you know pinpoint accuracy which he can do through wrist shots or snapshots but even his slap shots they just they're heavy and it, it it's just something you always kind of want to keep him doing is just like just drop it on them whether you you think you're going to pinpoint it or not just shoot it there and shoot it with the the weight or the authority that you have and just watch those pucks go in so it was great to finally see it like you said patent it uh gets locked but patent it gets locked means not shooting <laughs> yes. i'm just waiting for him to just uh, you know absorb that or just become that person is just the guy who's gonna gonna shoot and can pick corners or overpower you with a shot because he's got all that yeah he basically shoots when that's his only option and at that point he he had no pass so he had to make a move (laughs) and it's funny because you know he can do it right here (laughs) yeah you know he can do it you know he has the ability to make a move like that and shoot the bucket and have a pretty accurate and hard shot where he can beat a goaltender but if he has, if he had another guy with him on on that play, even anywhere if, like 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 eight miles back, he probably yeah. Would have if he was, if there was somebody at the blue line, he probably would have <laughs> dropped it back. If there was somebody going to the net that was covered by two guys, I'm surprised he didn't realize Miller was still out there. He probably would have dropped past it to him. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's something that's wired in his DNA, which is not a bad thing because he's generally one of the best passers in the league. Yeah. So that's fine. But <laughs> when you possess a shot like his, you know, you, there's a couple situations, and you know probably about 20 or 30 a season where like he probably should have shot that again ends up passing it and <laughs> yeah nothing ever comes out of it um really the only thing that happened uh for the rest of the second period the game was pretty much boring from that point on honestly yeah matthew yeah. kachuk i don't know if you guys saw this at the game uh, but he almost scored between his legs uh, he added up yes I, I saw it up close yeah so he he put he put the puck between his legs he ended up hitting the crossbar <laughs> which was it was very very close to the top part of the net was open you know we saw mcdavid do this about i think three or four days yeah, ago yeah, and this yeah. this is becoming a lot more normal this season which is ridiculous that you know all, and it's always the younger players they're they're starting to bring this creativity and you know we've seen this move a lot of hurdle did this past. like three or four years ago when he was yeah. uh, a rookie hurdle did that and it was like the not the first time anybody's ever done it of course but yeah. that really sparked the start where players started doing that. And I think I've seen maybe four or five times that a player scored on that this year. Obviously, the most recent one being McDavid. And, and Kachuk came really, really close to making that happen. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want him to score in that play. But I like seeing goals <laughs> like that. I, I wouldn't mind if that went into the top corner because that's a great effort. That's an extremely difficult play to make happen. And to have the wherewithal to actually make that effort and come close to scoring that that takes a lot of skill to do that 
Yeah. Um, geez. How do I, how do I put this? Uh, I've, I've seen that for like, like the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've seen it and I've seen it not necessarily in the NHL, but I've actually seen it in like roller hockey where it's just kind of, you know, everyone kind of comes up with their own little thing. The, the fun part of what the NHL now is, is that it is the, the younger, the quicker, the, uh, you know, the, uh, more, um, the ingenuity of how they're going to try and score goals or how they want to try and make plays. Uh, they have more confidence to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more free, they feel. Like, I feel like players have more freedom to attempt something like that. Where if you if you don't pay off in the past, you're going to get you go to the bench and, and a coach. Dude, yeah, yeah, oh, no, you'll you. go to you'll go to the minors. You don't even go yeah. to the bench. You just go. You know, like literally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a hallway. We're going to send you to the minors. Don't ever and do that again on my team. That's old school coaching, and now it's like you know, it's that creativity. It's trying to figure out something that brings fans out of their seats. And the NHL now is just more of goal scoring. So you'll see those between the leg plays. You'll see those odd deeks. You'll see those weird um, um, uh, penalty shot goals that just don't make any sense, <laughs> you know. But that's where the NHL is going to go, and you're going to see a lot more of those. I, I'm not entirely super impressed because I've been seeing them for a while, but at yeah. the same time, the fact that he, you know, tried it and gave it a whirl. Why wasn't he playing for uh, against uh, LA though? Uh, Kachuk, I think they were they were sitting a couple guys for that game, and then yeah, uh, they sat a couple guys for that game, and then they sat almost. <laughs> I wonder if he would have tried that against LA. Maybe I feel like he if he scored that against LA, then he would have rubbed it in Dowdy's face. Oh, they, they dude! A, like that, like eighty going. people would have punched him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dowdy would have made a comment after the game. Like, ah, it's not that hard. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Between his tears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much it. A couple of penalties. Ducks were kind of getting in on fan appreciation night. They took two to hit game penalties in the period, so they're throwing some pucks to the fans. Miller makes a save, uh, a pretty good save, probably his best save <laughs> on Matthew Kachuk on the power play. Not up between the legs for Eddie, and this time Kachuk was right oh. in the point, and uh, Miller makes a pretty good save there. And that was pretty much it. And I don't mean for the second period, I mean for the entire game, because you get into the third period and literally nothing happened in that period. With uh, 15 minutes into the, the third period, so five minutes remaining, the shots were 5-2 Anaheim, and there were really no high-quality scoring chances up until that point. And even when Calgary pulled their, their, their goalie, when Riddich went to the bench, they didn't really get that many chances, and the closest anything came to a goal was when Magna dumped it down the ice and hit the outside of the post and ended up being an icing. But that, that was it. Like, nothing. You know, both teams after this, I know the Flames have clinched, so there probably was really no, uh, no Why drive to try and win this game uh, and really go all out. Um, I was surprised they took a timeout. Like... They really, there was really no push, and, and maybe Bill Peters saw that there was no push. He was like, hey, guys, like, we still got to try and win this game. We can't just coast to the finish. We're going to the playoffs. You know, We got to still uh, keep the intensity going. But you could tell the players were just ready to get out of there, get through this last game of the season against Edmonton. And move. They, <laughs> they're, they're looking zero ahead. injuries. <laughs> they're looking ahead. You can tell they're looking ahead to the playoffs. They didn't care about this game. And why would they? They're, they're top of the Western Conference. They've clinched their conference. <laughs> And they're looking to their first round, uh, their first round meeting in the playoffs. And yeah, they really didn't care about this game. 
yeah, what do they have to lose at that point? It was just like, oh, call a timeout, maybe try and get a shot on that. I mean, like, who cares whether they win or they don't? They're, they're not breaking any records. Um, at this point, it's just get out, no injuries. We'll see where we are come playoff time. Just everyone get those legs running. That that was about it. I mean, it, it was over after the first. Yeah, and, and, and again, you, you felt like it was more of a player th- player's thing because why else, if you're Bill Peters, would you call a timeout? You know, you're down 3-1. Yeah. I understand, like, if it was a game that meant something, but even the refs wanted to get out of there. There was an icing with, like, ah. 10 seconds left that they just waved off because they were just done. I think they just wanted to get out of there. Didn't yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like you're going to be – you're not going to be more first place after yeah. that if you come back. I mean, you're first in the Western Conference. It's done. It's over. You're, you're it. So take a timeout and – become more first i don't know i don't get it <laughs> yeah like I, I the only thing i get to that sense is you want to keep that intensity in your team and you want you don't want to keep hey i care become i'm the coach i care yeah you, you don't want to be you don't want to become <laughs> complacent and go to the playoffs and have that and try and get back into that mindset of hey we got to like get up for these games but i don't think two games is going to make a difference and i'm sure playing edmonton playing a rival in your last game they're going to get up for that game even if like all the guys who are out tonight, even if they said everybody pretty much, you know, the guys in that game are still going to want to win. And I know Anaheim is becoming more of a rival uh, to the flames, but Edmonton is, is still their number one rival. That's, that's going to be a game, especially in there. I, I don't know if it's in Edmonton or in Calgary, but wherever it is, the fans are going to want you to, to win that game, no matter what. Uh, real quick question. What do you think Calgary does? Do you think they get out of the first round? Uh, I think so because I, I don't. The, who they're gonna play is, is probably Colorado, and Colorado and could be or Arizona, Dallas. but it's likely Colorado. No, Dallas, no, is, Dallas Colorado, is, or Dallas. Yeah. Dallas is pretty much locked up number one. one uh, Arizona's not making it, so, so it's, 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 it's Colorado. Colorado. So I, I don't think so. I, I, I think, I think they, they end up winning round one. I don't think Colorado could beat them. It, it'll be close, but. I, I think Calgary is six games. You going six games? I think yeah, six games. I think six. Uh, I think Colorado uh, will steal a couple. I think they'll. they'll I'm going. I'm going seven. I'm going Colorado. It, I mean, it could happen. Like it's not out of question. <laughs> it's not like uh, Tampa. You're like, oh, Tampa. You know, it could happen. Like when this with this number one seed, you're like, yeah, it could happen. Is isn't it funny that Calgary and Tampa could play each other again in the finals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did that in like about 2006 again. or something. Or uh, yeah, I think it was right after. It was Kiprasov right and Hobby Bullion. Was it? Yeah. I think it was either. I think it was before the lockout. The season before the lockout. Yeah, 2004. I take it back. It's 2004. Yeah. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, is it going to be so good? They're the, they're the two uh, best teams in their conference, so that if you, have, yeah. you just went based yeah, on that's standings, good that's, they could have a rematch. Yeah, that's likely the the matchup you would get. It's not, it's not the matchup I want to see. Um, Why not? I don't know. I I, I don't want to see Calgary go that far because I don't think they're the best team in the Western Conference. Who do you no, think I, is? Uh, I, I would argue Winnipeg or Nashville. Oh, Nashville's oh yeah. close, but they, they've kind of slumped. But I think I think Winnipeg is the best team in the conference. And, mm. you know, maybe San Jose if they had decent goaltending. <laughs> and I, I, I do like Calgary, and I picked them to, to win the Pacific Division, but... Um, I think there are teams who, yeah, well, would, either, would, either injuries or one thing going wrong. If you're San Jose, uh, uh, all, right, all right, all right, yeah, they kind of fell off. 
but right. uh, let's get into let's get into our post game stuff. So the the Ooh. first thing I want to talk about is Max Jones specifically, and I guess the fourth line in general because they had an excellent game for the Ducks. I I think. Yeah. You know, despite how well Silverberg, Steele, and Raquel played, I think the fourth line was the best line for the Ducks tonight. And uh, Max Jones was out there. He had a goal. He was 82.35 in shot attempts in Corsi 4 percentage. So I think he had two shot attempts against at 5 on 5. He was on the ice for 10 scoring chances for, one against, six high danger chances for, none against. And the fourth line as a whole didn't allow a 5v5 shot against at all during the entire game. So I, you know, they were they were matched up against the other team's fourth line, and Calgary's fourth line tonight was not that great. You know, they were playing a lot of young guys, but either way, you know, Grant, yeah. Rowney, and Jones were excellent tonight. Specifically, Jones, and and, and then I give a little bit of a nod to Carter Rowney because he also had two assists tonight, and he looked excellent. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they look good, and uh, and even in uh, Jones' goal, I got an up close uh, view of that one. Uh, it was just good. It was just, uh, it was, it's what you want to see. Not even out of fourth line. You just, you just want to see out of any line, someone that's just willing to just put their shoulder down, work it to the, the middle and then just take a shot and just, you know, see, see where it goes. And if it doesn't go your way, you just, you follow it up and you try and, you know, find another way to score a goal if it didn't go in on the first time. And, uh, Jones was that. And he's always been that, and that's why that's why I think uh, he's such a fan favorite, or will be if he's not already. Is just that tenacity to go to the front of the net, give it a shot, go chase it down if it doesn't work. Yeah, and I think Carter Rowney has to get some more credit for what he's been yeah. able to do for the Ducks this year. There's a lot of people, you know, talk about, oh, is he going to be a Duck next year? Like in in the sense, are they going to trade him? If they don't, he has a contract through next year. So he'll be back no matter what. But, you know, I think he should get a lot of credit on the penalty kill. He's been excellent for the Ducks this year. And he's chipping in on offense every now and then. I mean, he if you look at game score, he was the, the Ducks' best player tonight. You know, he picked up two assists, and he, he played an excellent game. And he's a, a valuable piece of this Ducks team going forward. I think, you know, he'll be a big part of the fourth line next year. Whether that's with Derek Grant or not, we'll have to see if he ends up getting picked up and re-signed. But <laughs> either way, whoever he plays with, he seems to be able to play an efficient and effective role for the Ducks on the fourth line. And, yeah, he's only playing you know eight to ten minutes a night, but he's really making no mistakes when he's out there. And that's what you want from a fourth line. And then, again, you know he's not a guy you would, I guess, expect to chip in on offense, but he's been doing that on, I guess, a, what you could say a regular basis for a fourth line player this year, which is nice to see because when that signing was made, a lot of us were like either you said who or you said why are we giving this guy three years. But – He's turning out to to be one of the best signings that Murray made in the summer. Not that hard to do when you look at who he brought in, but it's still proving to be a, a pretty good signing for Murray. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, he's doing what he's being paid for, and uh, I've I, like you said, uh, I feel like he's he's excelling at it, and he's a versatile player. And you can always kind of look back to the versatile players that we used to have, and that was, you know, a Ryan Kessler or a Cogliano, and you throw in a Shore, you throw in a Rowney, you throw in uh, Derek Grant, you got these guys that can kind of move in and out of any position, and as long as they're, you know, producing or they're they're not a detriment to the team, you got to count that as a, 
a, a plus all the way. So Rowdy is one of those guys for sure that you would just kind of go like, and eh, maybe a little on the radar, but he's doing exactly what we want him to. And in some respects, even exceeding our expectations. Yeah. And you know, a couple of guys back in the lineup tonight with Getzlaff and Richie, we got news that Manson is done for the season. And then Gooley might play Friday. I, I know you need to send some guys back down to San Diego and, and Carrick and DeLeo to at least help with their playoff push. But I, I'm left kind of thinking, why? Like, why why bring them back at this point? And, and, you know, if Manson's done for the season and Gooley might be able to play for the last game and you're bringing Getzlaff and Richie in to play the final two games that are, are basically pointless games at, at this point. Why risk it? I, even if you think they're a hundred percent, like why not just not you know shut down Getzlaff and Richie for the rest of the year and and just hold out Gooley until he can go down to play with San Diego? Like it, it kind of feels pointless at this at, at this point in time where the Ducks are in the standings. Uh, the only thing I would assume is that they're more concerned about the younger players going down to play in San Diego or helping them in the playoffs. And you can't do that if you keep sitting Richie and Getzloff. You're going to have to keep those players, you know, you're going to have to keep players up to fill those voids. And so if these guys are just playing meaningless games, Getzloff and Richie, then you can actually move those players down and try and get that team actually into a playoff spot and possibly into playing, you know, in the AHL playoffs. So. That's about the only thing I could see. Otherwise, I would just say shut everything down. Anyone who's close to re- you know returning, there's no reason to play them one or two more games. There's nothing. There's nothing there for them. So if the only gets- reason I can see is just that. Hey, let's get them in, so these guys can go back down and play in the AHL. If you're Getzlaff and Richie you probably want to play and especially if you're Getzlaff you're going to play if you want to play like they're not yeah. you're not going to tell Ryan Getzlaff that you can't play these last two games and you know they're they're guys that are going to want to be in the lineup no matter what they're going to want to play the last two games of the season so like I get why they're in and you know you you're not going to force a guy to sit out and like you said if you can send those guys back down to San Diego that can help them make a, a playoff push and try and get into the playoffs then it does make sense. I'm just thinking, like, you know, with Manson being shut down and Gooley coming back for one game, you just kind of – you can't help but think just, like, why? Like, why not just not play these guys and not risk injuring them or or furthering an injury that they already have? Because Getzlaff, he had issues with his back, and it's like, yeah, apparently they x-rayed it and everything was fine, but he's still having those issues. So it's like you don't want (laughs) to further exactly what I have no back issues. Let them rest. Let them rest. But he's going to play. I would assume he probably plays on Friday against L.A. for the last game of the season. Same with Nick Ritchie because uh, Carrick and DeLeo were sent back down and the Ducks really don't have anybody else to play in what's right the, now. Man, what's the point, though, against L.A.? Yeah, uh, all I can see is injuries. I can just see fights or just, I don't know. Or Both teams have nothing to play for. They have nothing to play for. So I don't know if it's more like uh, they want to, like, slap each other or they're just going to go, like, well, we both suck, so. I'm interested to see how they approach that game, both teams. (laughs) Exactly. It's going to be weird. (laughs) Because they could either get up for that game or it could be an exciting game or it could be the most boring game. It could literally be, like, who cares? Hey, 
you know, everybody's looking for forward later. to either like golfing or going on vacation. <laughs> nobody's nobody's really going to be tuned in for that game. Nobody's going to be dialed nope. in and ready to go. Uh, you can see that a bit with just the Flames and, and yeah. looking forward to the playoffs. I mean, this is now the last uh, like, game of the season. What, what, yeah, what are you going to do? It's just like, hey, what are you doing later? You can know. assume most of those this players way. probably have plans to get out of either Anaheim or L.A., on the sixth or the seventh or eighth of April, like they're probably already. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they they have booked flights. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Murray made a couple comments to to finish off her post game stuff. Uh, Elliot Tiefer put out an article for the OC Register, and uh, there was a couple comments. I think the first one was on uh, Ryan Kessler, and he said uh, a couple different things. But the one that I pulled from it was. Uh, this was Murray saying, we're going to get to the bottom of everything with Kess. We talked Tuesday morning, and we're going to wait until he's seen every doctor and everything's checked, and then we'll sit down and have a discussion with he and I and his agent regarding if he's going to ever play again, essentially. We've heard a lot of this talk. It's interesting to see that it's still going, and they haven't talked to a doctor yet. <laughs> they made a couple other comments saying they've basically taken him off all medication he's stopped working out like he's completely shut down and they're just going to basically see how his body reacts to not being on the medication that basically was able to keep him going this year and not working out and just seeing how you know how he can deal with it and i don't know you know i think it'll be a couple of weeks before we hear anything and and you know how those talks go we'll have to wait and see but i think there's a very good chance that you know right now it's about 50 50 if he's ever going to play again. Like, I don't think it's clear-cut either way, but it, it's pretty close to either he might have maybe one more season left, depending on how his body reacts. But the way he looked at the end of the year, it, it's got to be close to him almost being done. If, if you want my opinion, he's done. There's um, the fact he went through the, the hip surgery that he did and everything he's had to do just to play at a... I won't say a super competitive level, but he was playing fourth line minutes for a reason. It was just, he had to go through everything just to play fourth line minutes. There's no way he's going to go off of medication, off of um, physical therapy, off of everything that he has been doing, and all of a sudden is going to be better than fourth line. He had to do everything just to be fourth line at this point um he he dropped off significantly especially once um randy carlisle was gone randy carlisle wasn't going to play him anymore and he was just yeah. it was fourth line and he, he plays thousandth game i mean the the only thing really preventing this from being a concrete thing is just his determination to want to keep playing or exactly. to not let the game go away from him. And it sucks because he's he's so good. And, you know, it's just a guy you, you want to keep playing. He wants to keep playing. But at some point, your body has just told you no. And that's kind of, in my opinion, my humble opinion, where he's at. So I, I don't see him ever playing a hockey game again. It's not the way you want to go out if you're a nope. player. Um, either being forced to retire or uh, I, I I don't know. Like uh, Ricky said in the chat, he said he's calling it that he's going to retire, but I, I can't see him forfeiting that much money where, you know, it, I he, don't think he retires. I think he just goes a long-term IR, which means he gets paid, but it's essentially the wink, wink, hint, hint. 
I'm not playing. Otherwise, he gets bought out. That's yeah. the other thing where he can still get paid, but not be a, a, a pull on the the salary cap. There's a lot of different stakeholders in this because you would assume the Samuelis would. Is, they won't say this publicly, but you would assume they would want him to retire so they don't have to pay out the remaining uh, amount of uh, oh, his salary 100%. for a guy I mean, who doesn't yeah. want to play. And if you're <laughs> for, Bob for Murray, the team, I, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, if you're Bob Murray, you probably don't want to have to put him on LTIR because then he's taken up a spot there. And if you need to use that in the middle of a season, you've got a guy there who has to be there. And you also have to think of Patrick Eves, who might also have to be on that if he doesn't retire. You can't have two guys just sitting on there who aren't going to play again in case you have a guy like Corey Perry or Ryan Getzlaff. God forbid they get hurt during a season and they're out for the entire year. You're going to want to use an LTIR, LTIR spot for them rather than just having them cap, count against your cap. So that's you know the, the best situation for Bob Murray at this point would be him to retire. But if he's not going to do that, then not I'm sure happen. in those discussions with Kessler and his agent, a buyout is probably something that comes up. And, and that's only if the Samuelis approve that. Because as bad as it would be paying a guy his salary for him to just sit on the LTIR. It's even worse to pay a guy's salary to sit on the couch at home and not be even be a part of your organization anymore. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it would, it would be awesome to, you know, maybe put him on the uh, long-term IR, but that's only if you think he's actually going to come back, but he's oh, Jesus. Yeah. The hiccups. <laughs> There's no way he's coming back. So that's, that's where you. Oh, geez. All right, I'm out. Oh my god. There's no way he's coming back anyway. So you, you, you're just you're kind of stuck with him. Yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of stuck with him. And the main part of this article focused on Ryan Kessler. Uh, the second half was on John Gibson, and this was the most interesting part of this article because we haven't really heard anything about John Gibson this year. It was clear to see that he was getting burnt out at one point. But, you know, this article and these comments from Bob Murray really shine a light, finally, just on, on how burnt out he was at one point in this season. Uh, I'll read the two quotes that he had in the article. But the, the first one says, uh, Murray said, let's face it, we were pretty bad and he was carrying the load and he got overworked. We're going to have to be very cognizant of that. He lost a lot of weight. He was carrying the team and we can't allow that to happen again. That's why we haven't run him out there in every game and played him every other game recently. His weight still isn't back to normal, and that's how far he'd gotten run down. He'll be in a good frame of mind going forward. That's that's ridiculous that he was playing that much and they were running him out that much in, in almost every game pretty much that he lost a significant amount of weight that he still hasn't got back to what he would deem a regular weight for him. And you could see the fatigue when he was playing, especially you know after the the All Star break where things really fell apart for him. But I mean that's uh, that's ridiculous that they got him to that point, and it kind of is indicative of of the way Randy Carlisle was running this team. I mean you would have to think Carlisle would have known that his goaltender was losing enough, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of weight that he was just not being able to play, and still running him out there, not shutting him down for a, a bit to you know get healthy and be able to play at a high level. Uh, kind of ridiculous that this was allowed to happen. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to be rough for any goalie to have to do what John Gibson had to do. Yeah. And especially the way that the Ducks were playing hockey in front of him. 
that that would just kill any goalie anyways, especially, you know, or even just someone who's that elite as he has been. And um, it's just, it makes no sense. I mean, you could see all these, like, great numbers that started off in, like, October, and then it just you just watched him just decline. And so, like, everything that he was doing, it was amazing. That was actually helping the team actually win get wins, actually still be somewhat relevant come, you know, November, December, eventually that just kills you game after game. You see 40, 50 shots a game, you're done. At some point, you just got to go like, oh, it's happening again. Oh, okay. They're going to start going 50 in. Shots, then he'd, he'd get one day rest. He's back in, sees 50 shots again. And at yeah. one point of the season, like the Ducks were running him out and every game except back to back. So it's like 40 shots here, one day rest, back in, 50 shots, day rest, back in, you know, 40 plus shots again. And it, that was like the entire first half of the season until Christmas. Yeah. And, and you can even put in, you know, Ryan Miller. And Ryan Miller, in my opinion, is he, he could still be a starting goalie for most teams. He's accepted a role as far as being a, a backup. And, you know, hanging out with uh, John Gibson, which, believe me, all Ducks fans should just embrace the fact that he actually did this because he doesn't have to. He wanted to do it. And if not for him, then you've got you got your Chad Johnson's and, you know, Boyle was fine and he's played, you know, a couple of games. But it's just it's insane how good John Gibson is. And how much better he, you know, this team should be with him in that. And he was just left out to dry for so long that by the time Randy Carlisle was gone, he was he was a shell of a goalie at that point. But I mean, this has some a lot of the blame here has to go on Randy Carlisle because it was obviously everybody knew you would have to assume the Ducks goal goaltending coach <laughs> knew, and he was probably the one that that let Bob Mur- Bob Murray know, and then. You know, the fact that Randy Carlisle is still throwing John Gibson into these situations when the Ducks weren't really playing that great of, a, of hockey. I know they were still trying to get into the playoffs, but you do have a capable backup in Ryan Miller. He, we would probably still argue is one of the best backups in the league. And you're still running John Gibson like this. And, you know, at one point they would have known he was losing weight. You know, there's no way that just slips under the radar. You would know he's that, losing weight. Yeah, you would that. know he's tired. Of course, he wants to go out there and start. But as a coach, at some point, you had to say, "Hey, like, look what this is doing to you. We can't play you for the next three or four games. You've got to like get some rest, get back." That to 100%. one. That yeah. what sucks is that wouldn't even work. And especially in uh, Randy Carlyle's mind, is like, oh well, he needs to, you know, he needs to pull himself up by his bootstraps and start playing a little bit harder or something like that. I mean, just something, something really stupid, old school. And just like, oh, well, goalies back in my day in the 70s would just do this. And it's like, you don't understand what goalies have to do now to try and compete, to try and actually compete with the Ovechkins, the Crosbys, the Marchands, the uh, Bers- I mean, just like, you know, the Kucherovs, just everything that happens. You have to be so insanely good as a goalie nowadays that uh, i just 
I feel like is lost on that old generation of coach, the Sutters, the the Quenvilles, the the Carlisles. It's just it's lost or the what the goalies have to do now to compete with those guys. They just like, yeah, just keep keep throwing them out. They should they should be able to play seventy plus games and not get tired. And it's like yeah. that's that's not gonna happen anymore. Let's hope they learn from this and whoever takes the reins, <laughs> probably Dallas Aikens next year, does nah. not do this to John Gibson again because it's, he's extremely valuable this to, to this Hold team. Hold on to him. He's he's a yeah. gem. And whether whether Ryan Miller's there or not, uh, let's hope I, I don't think it's gonna be this bad where John Gibson is gonna have to put up the types of performances he did. But you can't you can't do this to that guy again. You've signed him nope. for a very long time and, and you know, you've put a lot of faith in him to be your number one. You can't put this guy through this again. You know it shouldn't have happened in the first place, and and everybody is partially to blame. The Randy Carlisle, I would even argue the goaltending coach. I know he doesn't have a huge say in it, and and Bob Murray to some extent as well. It's like nobody at any point said, "Hey, this is enough. We can't play this guy because it's gonna." It, you know, look at look what it's doing to his health at this point. Nobody really said anything and made a difference. And I'm sure John Gibson probably still wanted to go out there and play. But somebody's got to say to this guy, "Hey, look, look what this is doing to you. You can't go out there." I, I'd semi disagree with you on a little bit on that, as I, I feel like everybody probably said, "Listen, it's it's December. We're actually in a playoff position, and you know, you know, it, you know, we haven't been playing well, but you know, we'll we'll all rally around." I feel like that's what probably Bob Murray was hoping for. The goaltending coach was hoping for. Literally, Randy Carlo was praying for was just that the the Ducks would all of a sudden become a better team, or you know, the last half of the season, which is our common thing, is to all of a sudden become a little bit better as you know the end of the season happens. And then once it was evident it wasn't going to happen, then injuries started to follow through. Um, so I I I. I I kind of disagree that everyone just was like, ah, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. But I feel like uh, Carlisle was just so desperate at the end of the season was just to let's let's try and win. Let's try, let's try and keep my job <laughs> at this point. Yeah, let's let's try and get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, let's move into fan questions, and then I think we're pretty much done for today. Uh, David on Instagram said, "Do you think Joel Quenville?" would be a good, I guess, a good fit for a new head coach for the Ducks next year? God, no. I mean, I, I mean if you want Randy Carlo 2.0, Ooh, you, wow. you, you, you can have him. I I just don't think so. I, I think uh, there's a reason that um, he ended up getting kicked out of Chicago, and then Chicago almost actually came all the way back. Yeah. And almost got into the playoffs. There's there's a reason for it. Um, it's the same reason that Lane Vigneault maybe hasn't really found a job or anything like that. It's a different NHL. It's a it's a quicker team. It's younger, and a lot of the older guys who are so used to just hey, you got to pay your dues before I actually give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, a lot of those guys are kind of falling by the wayside because it's the younger players that are now really kind of contributing unexpectedly to any NHL team. If he wants a job, he'll get it. He'll uh, get one. Yeah, uh, he'll get just one. Just because of his credentials. Yeah, somebody somewhere. will give him one. I, I don't think Anaheim's a good fit for him. 
I think nope. he needs to go to a team that is going to be a contender and that maybe the experience he has in the playoffs and winning championships can can aid that. A team uh-huh. that He's a great like, shot taker too. Yeah. <laughs> a, t- a team uh a team that you almost say is too good that too that they don't need a great coach. I know it sounds stupid, but you know what I mean like they're going to be good no matter what and maybe the experience he brings and you know the the old style system isn't Kick, necessarily kicks him hurt. in the ass. Yeah. So that you know, a team like St. Louis, if they decide to move on from Berube, which I don't think they will at this point because of the turnaround that's, that they had, you can't really just tough. not give that guy the job now. But there, there could be some teams, whether this year or next year, that Columbus, uh, yeah, that could be looking for a coach that are going to be a contender. You could say are going to be in the mix. So he, I think he'll be in the mix for some of those jobs. Um, Jay. Uh, you know, said, uh, yeah, so there we go. Sorry, uh, JJ said you gonna you guys gonna miss the 25th anniversary jerseys next season because they're gonna be gone. Are you gonna miss it? Are you gonna miss it? You gonna miss the Mighty Ducks teal and purple next year? No, I know what they look like. Yeah, but you're gonna miss the Ducks wearing them. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I, well, well, the rumors. Well, 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 they'll wear something else, I guess. I don't know. The rumors. I mean, were, I mean, I could buy the jersey if I really want it. I'm not going to miss it that bad, or them so, wearing it. So critical. I, well, I, I mean, well, how how upset am I going to be? They're not wearing it again. Well, no, no, I'm not upset. But are you like, are you going to miss seeing them wear the jersey? No. It's gonna, uh, likely, it's going to be back to. <laughs> Like the Mighty Duck won't be there next year, and and, and I kind I'm fine with it because I like it being part of the 25th anniversary with Paul getting his jersey retired. Like it all kind of worked in together to have that little nod back to the Mighty Ducks. Um, no. The rumors were for a long time that you know after the first couple of years of Adidas, the Ducks were gonna go for a completely uh, a bigger change in their jerseys, and the rumor for a while was they're gonna go to straight orange for their home jerseys. I don't know if that's gonna be the case. We'll have to see, but. I'm not going to miss it too much because I like now that it's kind of it's got its place of being part of the 25th anniversary, and, and that's it. And then they'll go, they'll move into something next year. They'll either have no third jersey or they'll completely revamp and have a new one. But I, I'm not too worried about. It. I like seeing new jerseys anyway, so I'm fine with seeing a new third. Uh, next year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the old time ducks thing. Like uh, you know the 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 bill and uh, the cross uh, sticks on there. Love that yeah. forever. So I mean, uh, you know, am I going to be sad they're not wearing it? No, whatever. But I just I love those jerseys, anyways. And if I want one, I just go get one. I guess. Yeah, you know exactly. And then the last question was from Sierra. She said, "Do you have any bold predictions for the Ducks off season? Free agency trades, uh, trades at the draft. I guess that'd Jeez. be pretty much it. It'd be pretty much free agency trades, or and that would be it." Bowl predictions. You yeah, well, like I can tell you this right now. They're not going to go for any big name free agents. So you can cross oh. off. You can cross off free agency. Then bold predictions would basically come to trades. Um, the only the only thing I would really hope for would be that we finally have somebody who's played in all three California teams because that's never happened yet. You mean like a player who's played in all three? Yeah, who has played an NHL game for the Kings, the Ducks, and San Jose. Can we even get somebody who, like, is there anybody right now who's played? There's, there, no, there is literally zero people who have played for all three teams. 
No, you've like got a, your like you've got your Stu Grimsons, but... you've got your you've got your um damn it, who's the other dude? I'm just saying like is there somebody available the Ducks could get that have played for the Sharks and the Kings? I don't think so. Like if, if San Jose went out and signed Well, not Nate with Thompson, that attitude. Right? If if San Jose went out and signed Nate Thompson, then there there's one right there, but he'd be playing for the Sharks. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. I think bold prediction wise Oh, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> yeah, I think bold prediction would be coming in a trade, so maybe you know, maybe we see a big trade still where it's Cam Fowler or Adam Henrique. That's, that's, that's just not it doesn't Bob seem Murray likely style. anymore. It doesn't seem likely anymore, but I, I'm 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 not going to rule it out because I think if Bob Murray gets an offer, he can't refuse. We've also haven't been in this situation for a while where the Ducks are just so completely out of it yeah. that. You know, there's there's obviously nothing for the Ducks to really kind of play for. So at the same time, it's like, well, am I going to make a drastic change because we never even made the playoffs? That sort of deal. So, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a possibility, but what it is? I have more bold predictions for the playoffs this year than I have for the Ducks Ooh. off season. Oh, what's your what's your bold prediction? Uh, your I top one, just the top one. Top one. I only have yeah. really one big big. Okay. <laughs> uh, right, I think I think the Stars are going to make it to the Western Conference Final. Wow, I think they're they're going. They're to... they're gonna have to. Wow, so they'll they'll have to be um... Nashville or Winnipeg in the first round, and then uh, or the or of... or St. Louis uh... lost today, so it's likely gonna be Nashville or Winnipeg, and then they have to beat either Winnipeg or the, the whoever won out of the the remaining oh, two. That's a bold one. All right, all right, all right. I, I, I I, it's possible. I think it's possible. I like you know Dallas has the best goaltending duo in the league this year statistically wise. They do. Ben Bishop should be up for a Vesna. He probably should win it. And uh, nah, he got, sucks. You've got guys like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Radulov, <laughs> Zuccarello just came back from breaking his hand, and he's been yeah, yeah. for the Rangers and for the small brief time that he's All been right. with the Stars this year. So I, <laughs> it, it's uh, I'll, I'll take it to the bank. That you know when we All fill right, in our oh, brackets, you, ta- you take it to that bank. <laughs> well, we fill, well we fill in our brackets, and we'll let you guys know we're gonna do a bracket challenge thing for Forever Mighty. Um, we'll have prizes for that, likely one of the hats, <laughs> not this hat. But one like this hat, uh, the hats that were getting made, yes. a lot nicer than this one. So <laughs> pretty. They're, uh, well, I think they're in black, <laughs> the first one's through. But we'll be having a hat for the winner of that. So we're going to be setting up that bracket challenge. And and uh, I, I'd like to think that I'm probably going to be the only one to pick the Dallas to go to the Western Conference Finals. So if it happens, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you probably. If are. it happens, I, I can't win the hat, so it doesn't matter. So whoever else wants to get in, and uh, <laughs> so if somebody wants to get in on, on my ideas, here, pick uh, pick Dallas to go to the Western Conference Final. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. If you want to lose, just follow Eddie. Well, what is, what is your bold take for the playoffs then, huh? Oh. You know what? This is my bold prediction. Uh, Tampa not only wins the President's Trophy, I think they win it all. That's not bold. I, I, I've been calling them They're for a, a while. They're a 60-win team. I, I don't see a flaw. A bold take would be saying that Tampa would lose in the first oh. round. Oh, uh, all right. So bold. All right. So something Like a hot bold. take. Oh, oh, okay. So hot take. Yeah, I would like to say San won... Jose loses in the first round, but that's not a hot take. No. Saying saying a team who's won 60 times this year for the third time in NHL history is going to win the Stanley Cup is no, not a No, but it is kind of a hot take, mostly because most teams that win the President Trophy do not win the Stanley Cup. 
Well, 60-win teams are historically 50-50 because the Red Wings didn't win the Cup when they were won 62 games, and the Montreal Canadiens did when they won 60 games. Yeah, but it was in the 70s. Yeah, and they were... And the other one was in the 90s, and now yeah, we're in the 10s. They all have Hall of Famers on their, uh, <laughs> on their rosters. Eiserman, yeah, I, I don't think Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, Tampa has any Hall of Famers on their team right now. I think if Tampa plays Montreal <laughs> in the first round, uh, it goes to seven. No, you gotta be sitting, man. A, a Montreal will not make it, in my right. opinion. Yeah, Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, t- Tampa. Tampa and, easily and, handles. And Carolina I just don't. E- I don't even care if it's Montreal or Columbus. Tampa Bay's gonna just beat the crap out of them. There's nobody in the in the East that I think could beat Tampa. Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 is a hot take. Toronto loses. <laughs> To Boston, no, because no. Boston's the higher <laughs> seed. There, there aren't many. There honestly. are no hot cakes anymore. There are. Uh, uh, Carolina. Uh, Carolina makes it to the. Uh, I, they win this, one. This they win one. one playoff game. There this you is go. one for my hot Carolina. Take. <laughs> uh, Carolina could beat. Uh, could beat uh, Washington. That could be one. I could see it. Oh God, no! I couldn't. But there's nothing else really than that. Like, you know, San Jose okay. and Vegas. <laughs> San Jose likely loses to Vegas. That's not a hot take. Calgary beats Colorado probably. Uh, the only one I can uh, pick Vegas, is Vegas goes to the conference finals. Yeah, who do they have to beat then? Vegas. They have to beat Calgary and uh, San Jose. Yeah, I could see that. That's how I could, I, yeah, yeah, I I could see, see Vegas in the finals. In the finals? finals okay, okay, that, that's, okay, that's, yeah, that's. All right, there's my hot take. <laughs> I got a yeah, hot take. I, Vegas to the finals against uh, again. Vegas Tampa. to the finals again, and they lose again. So That's good. heartbreak right there. That's the ultimate heartbreak. <laughs> Your first two seasons in the NHL. Would wah, you, wah. What would you rather have? First two seasons as expansion team. We'll end it on this. Would you rather make it to the Stanley Cup Finals twice and lose, or just be really, really bad? Like be like you know bottom five in the well, league. Well, if I know I'm not going to win the Stanley Cup, then. Who the hell cares? Right. But you, yeah, so like, I'd rather like be you bad, just have that. get higher draft picks, or let Edmonton just okay, well, yeah, steal yeah. draft picks. Logically, yeah, for sure. But I mean, <laughs> and again, like, I would definitely go with being bad for the, for two years. But I'd be, I'd height, be bad, right? I guess. Because no one remembers how good you almost were. They only remember if you won it. Oh, man, that'd be, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be horrible for them. And I, I don't feel sorry <laughs> for them at all, but like, Expand, new expansion team idea. you could give in the world, and then you go to the finals twice and lose. Man, I, I would, I, I feel bad just mostly because like the fans are like, oh, this happens all the time. It's like, oh, oh, sweetie, come here, let me give you a hug. We got, we <laughs> this, got some major. This, this is gonna hurt. This is got some major later. hot takes in our in our chat. We'll end we'll end it on the hot takes in the chat. Here's the here here are the <laughs> list we have here. Uh, Ricky says Montreal wins it all. Uh, <laughs> Daniel says Boston knocks out Tampa Bay. Derek ah, says Toronto geez. is going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals or maybe win the Cup, I think, what he's picking. Uh, Andrew said Toronto will win the Cup for Tavares. I, he, he was using uh, the SpongeBob meme for this, so I don't think he was being legitimate for that. Horrible. Uh, Daniel also said Nashville out in first <laughs> round. That's not much of a hot take. You know, they're playing St. Well, that's, Louis. It's not really a hot take, but yeah. Right, um, Ricky said, "I'm hoping Columbus doesn't get in just to laugh at the fact that they only oh, have dude, they did seven. so much to try and get in. Yeah, if Columbus doesn't <laughs> if they, get in, they, they did all of that and they don't get in. Yeah. I would, I would, well, I would chuckle for like, like a they minute. don't get in. They don't. They have a third, a fifth, and a seventh round pick, as Ricky pointed out. 
and then they also don't uh, they don't play well, the Panarin, no, Bobrovsky's Bobrovsky gone. Uh, the, Panarin uh, and Duchesne bread man's like gone. Got... Yeah, they're they they put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah, yikes. Uh, well, anyway, we're not going to be a part of it either way because the Ducks are, are not going to the playoffs. But uh, like we said, we'll have our bracket challenge. Uh, we'll still be we'll still be putting out content fairly regularly for the first first couple months. Uh, we'll have the live broadcast on Twitch of the dra- uh, the what's it called the draft lottery on yeah. April 9th on the Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, you and me, I think. Like, yeah, that will. Depending on how it goes, it could be either really short because they do the first every team up until the top three right off the bat. So if the Ducks don't end up moving up and they they're not their uh, picture gets revealed at seven, the broadcast will end there because I really don't care after that. Do that thing where they like winner, where they yeah, like what, do like the like, like, like flip out their head like what's ah, the, the, the guy's first name, place. Uh, the NHLPA guy. What's his name again? Who? There's Gary Bettman as commissioner of the league. Who's the guy for the NHLPA? I can't remember his name. He's the guy oh, on TSN. Yeah. He's the guy on TSN who reveals it. So, and Gary Bettman is always behind the scenes. So he reveals it. So at seven, if if it comes up in the Ducks picture at seven, the broadcast is likely going to end there because then I don't really care who gets first, and I really don't want to see. I don't want to be <laughs> on air. You're going to shut it down like instantly. <laughs> I don't want to be on air if the Kings get Jack Hughes. I don't want to be on air for that. So I, that that's not going to happen. So if if the Ducks picture comes up at seven, it'll be like, okay. Thanks guys. Thanks, right, coming thanks out. Broadcast everyone for is over. showing up for um, this half a minute. Bill Daly, Daniel brought up in chat. That's there you crazy. go, Bill. He's, yeah. So he. <laughs> Up, uh, he'll, he'll be doing that, so we'll be like, uh, uh, all right. Uh, we gotta, so, uh, hopefully, gotta... on Tuesday, we get better than seven, third. <laughs> yeah, we want to get Jack Hughes. That's, that's what we're going for. All right, no, that's how I we simmed, care about. Uh, I simmed Tankathon <laughs> with Pat while we were recording uh, Pucks of Fred the, the other day. He said he went through 20 before the Ducks got the first round pick. I did three in a row. The first two, the Ducks got first, the second one, they got third. So, there's a chance. I am happen. so tired of your guys' little bullshit. <laughs> your guys' little thing where, like, oh, I'll just uh, I'll keep redoing it until I get what I want. <laughs> Man, I said like, it three look, times. Look at how many times I got it right. I said it three times. First, first, third. <laughs> and then I stopped. So there, oh, there's, oh, oh, yeah. there's a chance. Pat did 20. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then we'll have Same a draft show. We'll have a draft show with Steve Cornianos uh, after the Ducks solidify where they're going to draft in the first round for both their picks. So that'll be likely later in April, maybe early in May, depending on how St. Louis and San Jose finish in the first round. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back with that. And then we got obviously stuff planned for the draft and free agency and everything else throughout the summer. And then we do have our Patreon content for everybody who is on Patreon. So yes. that is four episodes a month. So if you really are going to miss us during the summer and you want content, you want guaranteed content, then uh, head on over to our Patreon, and uh, we will have four bonus episodes a month. So we've got Pucks and Brews, which is our most popular one, at the $10 yeah. tier. And then we have three other bonus episodes at the $5 tier. Uh, but like we said, if you, if you can't do that, you can't put money towards it, that's fine. Because we will still be putting out content in some capacity mm-hmm. during the summer whenever, whenever we can do it. So that's, uh, that's it for us today. We'll be back Friday for the game. Cool hockey. 82. Well, I think yeah, I guess guess I gotta thank them. Uh, I gotta thank Cool Hockey for doing Forever Money Three Stars. I I'm I'm tentative because they fooled I, me on April Fools. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, now, now you I'm don't a like them. <laughs> they uh, 
put out an article saying the Ducks were going to keep the third jerseys. Uh, next year. Uh, so now we it. don't like them so much, huh? I didn't read it. It was a big troll for Ducks fans, and I tweeted out, uh, I tweeted out saying the Ducks were keeping the jerseys, and I had to quickly delete that tweet and then oh. Anyway, thank they got to thank them anyway because they provide the jerseys for for everybody three stars. Uh, we'll be getting the winner after Friday for April or eight March and April. Last so, one, right? Last one, yeah. There was last a ton of people tied for second with ten points, and oh, Drew so Drew was first with eleven. I don't know how it is after tonight, but there was four points up for grabs tonight, and there is uh, four points up for grab on Friday. So it's a chance for anybody to win. If you get two perfect two perfect nights, you get eight points, which is uh, oh my god, almost impossible to do that. But uh, yeah, well, mostly because I don't play. But yes. Well, in general, for everybody, it's almost <laughs> impossible for them to get that. But play. If you didn't, if you missed it, you missed out this season, and this is your first time hearing about it, we will have it again next year for the entire season. So make sure to tune in again next year when we do that. And uh, you get a chance to win a jersey, so it's a lot of fun. But anyway, like I said, two of us will be here on Friday. Not sure the two people who it will be, but you know it will be either one of me, Jason, or Pat who will be here on Friday for the last game of the season. And then uh, we'll be back with a couple of different episodes throughout the month of April. So thanks for coming out, guys, and we'll uh, see you on Friday. Bye, guys. Thanks for ruining my show, by the way. That's it. I'm sorry you guys had to sit through that, but this is an obligation, contract obligation, they told me. So um, my kneecaps are sweating, and I really got to go to the bathroom. So um, I'm going to have to let you guys go. Thank you. Bye.